Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode number six, I believe, of The Porcupine. You guys know me. I'm Nutter. What's up? Uh, real quick, again, tickets are on sale for that July 10th show in Chalfont, PA, for our stand-up show, uh, Back at the Pop-In. Uh, myself, Neil Wood, Andrew Thomas, Jesse Dram, and Tyler Rothrock. Guys, this, I'm telling you, show's going to sell out. Tickets are already, on, are already going. Uh, the link is all all over my social media at Adam Nutter. Go check that out. Grab your tickets now, uh, guys! Super excited, awesome guest today. You guys know him. You guys love him. I call him the goat. <laughs> I call him the goat. A lot of other people call him a fucking the king, uh, a leader, whatever you guys want to call him. But he goes by Michael Heiss. Everybody, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the Porcupine. And goddamn, this fucking computer always does that right at the intro. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> you left out all the negative things that get called, and like you know, Nazi and well, pedophile is the new one, dude. Have you seen that? That's that's the new twenty twenty one shit. That's well, that's that's um, they're using what they get called on them. <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to sling it back on you because you know that's what they are. Uh, yeah, man. It, listen, it is what it is. Obviously, Michael Heiss, the uh, founder of the Mises Caucus. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, and again, a lot of people know you for now, like what's going on now in, in, in the world of our libertarian world and in politics and in the caucus, especially the wars and what's going on in New Hampshire. But like what I people to know is why you started the caucus to be, like in the first place. Like what brought you to be like, you know what? This party ain't doing what I wanted to do. The the you know your opinion of it at the time, which a lot of people's opinion at the time was like it's not holding its values of the party. So what made you go? That's it. Fuck it. I'm starting my own caucus. Well, there's also a lot of people in the party who didn't like. For them, I came out of nowhere when I was really already in the movement for almost ten years by the point that I started this, you know, or over ten years, something like that. So like they didn't know how I was able to galvanize it with people. When I was already networked, I already knew a bunch of people. I've been I've been in and around in some way, shape, or form since I was like 17 years old, and I uh, just turned 32. So I guess yeah, 15, 14 years, something like that. It's wild. And um, but uh, what caused me to to create the caucus? Well, honestly, it was it was a pretty simple thing. So like I I came up through the the Ron Paul movement, and essentially my story was I I first encountered Ron Paul in his 08 run. But like it was it, it's it's crazy how different of a time it is from back then, because like at that point, you know, my family, we had like a desktop computer in the living room with yeah. dial up Internet and we shared it. And and, you know, saying that to say I didn't know anybody, you know, it was just me and my my boy, Kyle. And uh, we kind of got into that stuff and we started getting and we had already been into like Alex Jones and Infowars documentaries and all that shit. So we were kind of like like the weird guys in the, in the, the suburb that we were from. And, uh, but for me, the Ron Paul thing, it was, it wasn't just ideas. And like, it was, I was not in a good place at that particular time in my life, like mentally. And, and so Ron, yes, was an inspiration and old figure, like ideologically and philo uh, philosophically, but he was also like a personal inspiration of like somebody that I wanted to aspire to be like so by the time 2012 came around me and my buddy Kyle we had 
basically at that point we we're like all right we've got to we've got to get involved this time like we've got to do something so we just started bullhorning you know what i mean like i remember i i have it on on youtube actually the first time i ever bullhorned i me and him picked up a bullhorn and went to the federal reserve building in philly and just started like bullhorning the the first amendment center and and all of that and i kept doing that and by like the third little rally or whatever i made there was like 40 people there it wow. turns out that i uh bumped into this network of people called truth freedom prosperity that existed in philly now these were libertarians they were anarchists they were survivalists they were hippies they were weed activists they were tesla freaks they were like it was it was a whole weird mishmash of like dissident voices and we all were united by ron paul so i got networked through that and that's how i really got networked through the movement and saying all that to say is that the experience of the ron paul revolution it was just it was electric you know it felt like it felt like this ragtag group of people were like trying to save the world and you know the media was ignoring us and the, and and if they did mention ron paul it was to demonize him and say some crazy shit and uh it just all kind of added to like the adventure of the experience um and everybody felt it everybody felt it and uh so then fast forward to 2016 you know i i wasn't i was one of those people like you said that I'm a libertarian, but I never got involved with the Libertarian Party. I never really considered it. It was a joke, not worth anyone's time, yeah, whatever. So it wasn't until 2015 when Rand Paul fizzled out that I said, all right, well, what are the options? So by that point, I, I had been kind of out of the activism game for like a year, and uh, I wanted to come back in, and I knew I wanted to come back in, but I didn't want to do what I had done before, which is like, you know, I had done some writing, I had done some podcasting, I had done some man on the street stuff, I had organized some events. Like I kind of took a shotgun approach and did a little bit of everything. So I knew I wanted to pick a project and stick with it long term. And I didn't know if the, the party could be that thing. So what I did is I organized a end the Fed rally in Philly and made it largely Libertarian Party based. I had candidates and, and you know, there was crypto people as well. But like I, it was the first time that one of these was ever uh, um, based around the party. Do you know Mike Salvi? Yeah, I've known him for yeah, yeah. over 10 years. Right, okay, because yeah. I just, I've known Mike, I never actually really knew Mike just through the comedy scene, right? Just like, you know, it's like, just we see each other's names. Then all of a sudden, uh, Joe Bissell, you know, uh, our new Bucks County chair, was like, hey, do you know Mike Salvi? I was like, kind of. And he was like, yeah, he's like a big libertarian. He used to do end the Fed rallies. Down. I was like, get the mm -hmm. fuck out. And now me and him are friends. So but, he, uh, he was actually like that one of the heads of that network, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Okay. So, so it was his group that I, I kind of like went under their wing. And then once I found like this underground world, I just never looked back. I was like, oh, fuck everyone else, you know, and, and just got networked through this. And it, it felt like I wasn't alone for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I got, I should, I'm, I'm hearing his name pop up, uh, Salvi's more and more. So I'm glad to hear that he's back involved. So I should probably call he's, him. He's doing the crypto. So yeah. he's doing what he's doing is every Wednesday and Friday night at this, pl at this place in Philly, he's doing like this crypto meetup and then he's doing like a, like a comedy show. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll have to reach out to so him. I mean, yeah. Let him know. Reach yeah. out for sure. So, um, but then, yeah. So Rand Paul was running in 2015. I uh, was hoping that he would kind of capture that magic again, and that didn't happen at all. Um, Trump sucked all of the oxygen out of the room, and and once he fizzled out, and as badly as he fizzled out, it was just kind of like, all right, well, what are the choices? So I had organized one of these end the Fed rallies, and like 300 people showed up. So I was like, huh, maybe it can work. And <clears throat> at that point, I was already kind of 
conceptualizing the caucus and really what that all that conceptualization was about was like comparing comparing the Ron Paul revolution to the Libertarian Party and the experience of it. So then I really started putting it together at the end of the 2016 campaign because I, you know, I dipped my toe into the party and I knew Gary Johnson was going to win the primary and he wasn't my first choice, but it's like, all right, it's whatever. It's what we've got. I'm just kind of checking shit out here. And, um, and yeah, so by the end of that, I was just disgusted with the, the, the experience, you know, like the, the state campaign coordinator here in Pennsylvania was like an 18 year old kid and he had no idea what he was doing. Uh, I remember begging him for signs. I couldn't get signs, but you know, God forbid if I made a post on my Facebook about like, man, Gary Johnson just sounded like he endorsed uh, mandatory vaccination. I don't think I can do this. He would sure be in my inbox saying, Hey man, can you take that down? And you know, and right. I'm like, no dude, where's my signs? So like, <laughs> um, so, it, it, and there was just no coordination. There was no energy. There was no nothing. Um, and it was purely, it, it was so much more political than it was about ideas. Um, and that completely changed the tone. So like I, I had this comparison uh, between the experience of the Ron Paul revolution and the Gary Johnson campaign. And, and the end of that was just concluding that we've got to get that energy and that passion back from the Ron Paul revolution and bring it into the LP because the one downside with the Ron Paul thing was that it was about one campaign and we all coalesced around Ron and what he was doing, but any single campaign is destined to end. And, uh, and that's what happened. So if we could ever recreate that positive feedback loop that he generated essentially within an organization, as opposed to one campaign, it never has to die. It could just spiral out of control. Now starting that, that feedback loop is the hard part, but, um, I think we got it going on here in the caucus. So, um, you know, we, I made the group and as soon as I made the group was the first time that the, well, one of the first times that the chair at the time, Nick Sarwark came out and said that like the Mises Institute is the preferred think tank of Nazis. He literally said it like hours after I made the group. Yeah. So like I woke up the next day and there was like 600 people in the group organically on their own. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. And, and that's, that kind of experience has kind of characterized the whole, or that, that kind of phenomenon where it's just like extremely fortuitous, um, has characterized the experience this whole time. That's something that these people don't seem to get. No, <laughs> they don't, they don't understand the movement at all. They don't understand the culture it's, of it's, the movement. They keep lying. People keep seeing the lies. We don't even have to say, this is how crazy it is. We don't, we, cause I, people don't know I'm, I'm part of the Mises caucus there. So like we don't, we don't have to say anything anymore. Like it's just so blatantly obvious. They're like, Oh, they're actually honest. And you guys are lying. Like all, so all the people on the fence just come our way. Like you said, organically yeah. without any push by us. We just have to go, Hey, why don't you read the comments? Right. Well, I, and, <laughs> you know? and I would say like, there's a difference between the, the culture of the movement and, and the culture at the top of, especially of the party. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, frankly, look at you, you know, you're, you're a tatted up guy. You're, you're, you're an MMA <laughs> fighter. You're a comic. You live in Philly. Like you're an everyman in a way, you know what I mean? Like you're a blue collar guy. Whereas these wannabe politicians that, that make up the establishment of the libertarian party, they're more like beltway PC and we are, are beltway DC and we've got to be PC and, and, you know, they just kind of give off that uh, politician vibe. And it's just, I mean, to say that they don't understand the movement is an understatement. They're not connected to the movement. They don't understand that the movement sees them as a joke and they don't care. That's, and that's the other thing. There, there's, 
there's a big attitude in the party, like a one-two punch that really kills the party of like one, if you philosophically identify personally as a libertarian, um, they treat it like you're obligated to be in the party because we have it. We have the word in our name. And if you don't like it, then fuck you. Right. Um, that's a big problem. And um, they also think that libertarians don't matter, clearly. Mm. And, and, and they think that because they have t- taken the party away from its founding principles and, and its founding vision and made it something more overtly political. And the problem with that is... If you're making it purely political, libertarians aren't exactly a winning voting block. So they care more about getting the votes from randoms than they do representing libertarians. And and that has created a huge problem where libertarians, libertarians are the low-hanging fruit. That's the base. There's millions of libertarians and like 21 or 22,000 members. So they think they're obligated to be here where we as the caucus, I think what we've done is we kind of see the movement and people who are already libertarians as our customers and, and that, and that we are obligated. Basically what we're offering the movement is we're trying to make the changes needed in the libertarian party in order for the libertarian party to represent you. And we need your help to do that. And, and no one's ever done that before. It seems like, I mean, to me, it's such common sense, but um, it, it, doesn't appear to have ever been done before because look at how badly they're fighting back and how badly they're resisting. Yeah, it's it it shows they clearly care more about their positions of power than they do about actually projecting liberty and trying to move forward liberty. <laughs> like right. like they, they, they care for the social club. Exactly. It's all about themselves, which it's a democratic bureaucracy. That's what it is. Yeah, and you know, there's there's always that question. I think I'm I'm sure a lot of people, even the MC, um, argue about which what's more important, getting people elected or the message. Well, it's a chicken and the egg problem, like that, 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 exactly, and, and that's what it is. Exactly. So people, I would say that the conventional wisdom in the party is well, we've got to get libertarians elected because again, it's been made overtly political. But then that begs the question of what is going to lead to getting more libertarians elected. And that is by more people becoming libertarians, or at yes. least by libertarians infiltrating the culture and the and the, the conversations in the wider culture. Um, so, and I'm I've got the founders of the party on my side. Well, we have the founders yeah. of the party yeah. on on our side yeah. with this. Um, you know, they they were very clear that that what me and you were discussing is what the party is about. That it was that it was about preaching the message, and and the co- political concerns are there, but they're not primary. You know, it's great to get people elected, but you shouldn't just be running people because then you start to get into the the Machiavellian games and mm-hmm. and and focusing on the acquisition of power in higher priority than the spread of the message. And I would argue that as soon as that ever happens, we've already lost. Like we've already become, yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I, you were on the um the board meeting on Saturday, right? Yes. Okay. So they spoke so much on just filling empty vacancies and then talking about spending money on, you know, like, I'm like, what are we, you know, it's like, I feel like we should be talking about, Hey, no one gives a shit about like the third congressional, not congressional, but like third, I'm a fire marshal or whatever the fuck, you know, a lot of auditors. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever those weird positions are. I'm like, that's not going to help anybody go, oh, that guy's libertarian? Cool. I wonder what libertarianism is about. No one's going to know. Right. It's like, what's more important? Dave Smith, again, getting out there, speaking to 20,000 people on something, or us winning an auditing position in Bucks County? 
Like, yeah. It just, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. And, and they never follow up. That's the thing. Like, especially here in Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania has the highest number of quote unquote elected libertarians than any other state in the country. And they, they love to hang their hat on that. But a couple, there's a couple issues with that. One, these people did not win. Like when you say we have the highest number of elected libertarians, that, that paints a picture that's mm. not real. Like, yep. because what you think automatically is like, oh, wow, there's 40 something times where people defeated Republicans and Democrats in an election, got more votes and were elected. But that's not the case. These were seats that were unsought by anybody. And and we found those opportunities and filled them with people. Now, I don't mean to like totally downplay that. We absolutely should do that. But they're sitting here saying, yeah, we've got 42 libertarians when the real question is, what liberty have we achieved? Right. And you never hear that one because I don't know how much liberty can be achieved from an auditor spot. You know, right, like my point. It, and, definitely my point. And yeah. and so now don't get me wrong, there are some opportunities like they've they've done this process this year and they're doing the same thing where they're trying to fill unsought seats. And you know what? There's opportunities where you can get a city council seat uh, and it's actually like legislative. That absolutely like go for it. Yes. But again, the the primary concern is political talk. We've got 40 something elected libertarians and not what liberty have we achieved or how is the best way to go about achieving liberty and that's why i think we as the mises caucus really have the drop on on the the rest of the party because we actually have a strategic vision that is realistic but radical uh and and can work and has worked and is scalable no for sure totally agree obviously um all right i definitely want to talk about the New Hampshire thing, because it's still fresh. <laughs> it's still going on. Yeah. I mean, we it's it's still going on, which is crazy. It's about a week and a half now. It's going to be dragging out for a while. Right. So yeah. it's still relevant. So I want to talk about it. Um, so people, I, everyone fucking knows who's listening, but just for a quick rehash of it. Essentially, Jeremy Coffin, who is behind the LPNH tweets, this was apparently the excuse used to try to disaffiliate the rightfully elected XCOM of New Hampshire. A coup. They try to throw a coup, essentially, which, mm -hmm. which sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. A coup sounds like they stormed like their own state party, like their own, like you know, and like no, it was just some psycho with three other pieces of shit behind her. You know, yeah, being like I want to do my own thing. I'm mad that the Mises guy's winning some stuff. All right, well, you can't do that, man. <laughs> like, yeah. What are we doing? So uh, that's, I mean, that's kind of, the, and then they stole obviously all the data, and which has been given back since. Yes, but um. Henchman resigned. We still have a mysterious co-conspirator, which Sarwark probably. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. Hey, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> allegedly. I don't know. Um, and then um, it was, who else was the third? It was the fourth person, right? And now so, so there was 13 people. So Jaleta Jarvis right, made the move. Right. She, she created the new the the new rogue fake libertarian she, party. She was Hampshire. the chair of New Hampshire, though. Yes. Right. Okay. But she made this new organization, right. and there was thirteen people that were on that board or on committees of this new organization. And okay. So, like, we know the names of some of them, and I think the funniest. I, I said this on Dave's show, but like, the funniest part about that is the people that populated the board of this new one is mostly people that lost at the actual real convention two months ago. Wow. Weird. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was she did that and. I don't know why they thought they were going to get away with it. That's that's to me the real question. I don't know that we're ever going to get the answer to that question now because, uh, like you said, henchman resigned. Guy named Francis went, who was the Region One representative, resigned. That guy's a cunt. <laughs> yeah, not great. <laughs> Definitely not great. Um, and then another one who is not great was that resigned was Tucker Coburn, right? Who's the Region Eight representative, which is the region that New Hampshire is in. 
And uh, Gilletta Jarvis, when she was interviewed by Karen Ann Harlos, mentioned that she was in contact with uh, henchmen and that he knew what the letter was all about. But she had also mentioned, and it kind of went under the radar, that she had been in contact with uh, Tucker Coburn, who was a regional representative. Now, this is all inside baseball shit, but anybody that knows uh, Tucker Coburn knows that he is a essentially a loser brigader. Like he is, he is huh? a hater. He's like a 20 or 21 year old kid busting tables in New York. Um, and he's basic, he was basically the puppet of the, the, the regime. Right. Um, and so he was essentially forced to step down because he was one of the only people on the board to vote to disaffiliate New Hampshire of which he was a, the representative for. So he basically told one of the States in his region that he represents that they shouldn't exist. Yeah. It's wild. Um, but I also think another reason, and I think this is stronger for henchmen than for him. I'm, I'm purely speculating when it comes to him. But, you know, there's all this talk about the investigation and we have to investigate. Um, and and uh, but there's no I don't I don't see what the investigation is going to do at this point, like because there's no teeth. You know, like the the person that you most need to get information from is henchman. He's gone and he's gone. So what are you going to do? Like, like run in with guns? You know, and, you know, tell me what the fuck happened. You know, like, right. it's not going it, to it, like there's no teeth to, to, to get him to, to comply or to get anybody to comply. The only people that they have leverage to to make comply is New Hampshire because they could always threaten to disaffiliate if you don't cooperate or something like that. And so I fear that this thing is going to turn into a witch hunt in New Hampshire for wrong thinkers and bad tweeters and 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 all of this, because, you know, as you saw when there was they on that LNC meeting. You know, there, there was, uh, I think it was Whitney Bailu, who is the Region 7, I believe it was Region 7? Yeah, Region 7 representative. Um, she was like, well, we shouldn't have anyone from caucus who, who are affiliated with any caucuses. And I'm like, what about people who are anti-caucus? You right. know, nobody asked that question. What about people who are like vehemently anti-caucus? And now there's like one or two of those types of people who are going to be on this investigation. And it's a sham. And I, it's going to be a big waste of time and money. I find it very interesting that the entire... Uh, libertarian pragmatic caucus dissolves right right and then the meeting happens and at that meeting they go hey by the way we shouldn't have caucus people involved in the investigation it's like oh coincidental that your entire one of your caucuses just dissolved so any one of those people can be like well i'm not on a caucus and i re- i i, I well, they could be like oh joe smith isn't on the caucus so uh you know i recommend him being well like he was just a part of the pragmatic you know what i'm saying it's right. like it just translates right over to we're not stupid like that's the thing is like it's like it's, it's the blatant it's the blatant games. uh games that thank you i couldn't think of the word game <laughs> blatant games they're trying to uh troll with us and it's like hey man but we're not four so like it's going to be hard to pull some fast shit by us when we see what you're doing like, but the, the- like, everyone mass resigned well, the cool thing is, is that they are they are losing. They are they yeah. are losing because this whole and I mean it like not even just in the meta, but like within this whole situation. This whole situation has backfired massively. Like they, I don't know. Again, I don't know why they thought they were going to get away with it, but they didn't. And um, I think now that they did not get away with it, and it's so egregious that it's put the people who are like loser brigade sympathizers or whatever around the country in a position where essentially henchmen and Gilletta and all of those people, they rushed in and tried to make this big move. And this is how we're going to show ourselves and we're going to hurt them and blah, blah, blah. Well, it backfired. So now everybody else like having suffered that blow of it backfiring is in a position of like, all right, so do we just rush in and try to do this now? Or do we integrate? Do we quit? You know, like what, what do we do? 
And a lot of them, it looks like, are choosing to rush in and, and they are getting mowed down, too. Like, because you saw all of these calls are like from at the state level. Uh, I know there was some conversation in Virginia of maybe we should uh, disassociate, uh, dis uh, disaffiliate Virginia from national. There was talks of that here. Yeah. I heard about that elsewhere. And it's all loser brigade types, but none of them followed through. Yeah. None of them followed through because there's no, there's no actual appetite for it. Like, there's no desire for that. So, and in, in the meantime, they lost henchmen. They lost the Prague Caucus. They lost Francis Went. They they lost uh, Tucker Coburn. And the cool thing about that is um, the alternate who was behind Tucker Coburn is a guy named Rich Bowen from uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He used to be our treasurer. He's a friend of ours. So, so you know, that's a, a solid vote yeah. up there. And then um, I can't remember. I don't know what this one went, went under the radar, too. There's a staffer that got fired in all of this. Uh, dude named Gideon Oaks. I forget what his position is. Like an LPNH staffer? Uh, no, national. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, he was he was a national staffer, and essentially he said that the staff, if they don't disassociate New Hampshire, should uh, should strike and and stop working. Um, and he got dealt with on that, and the executive director then came out and said, no, 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 we're not descending into this. Like we have a fucking job to do. We're doing that job, and this shit ain't like affecting us. Right, dude. Uh, so. With henchmen's last, I guess death throws. I guess uh, a move. Um, he he tries to suspend uh Karen Ann Harlow's. Yeah, but there's screenshots from I believe his husband. Yep. On Facebook, saying he's doing this out of spite. Yeah, they're very angry, spiteful people, and and we see this here in our state too. And we can get into that, but like, oh yeah, we're going. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're gonna. It, it's weird yeah, yeah. though, because I gotta say, like, I'm not. I'm I I guess based uh, not to get too much into my spirituality and shit, but like I don't consider myself a Christian, like, but it's kind of on a technicality. And saying that to say that like I actually have a really deep appreciation for what Christianity is and teaches and stands for and its roots and and all of that. And I even though I don't technically consider myself a Christian, I really have a pet peeve when I see people who claim to be holy and people who are involved in the church and all that and and try to present themselves mm -hmm. that way that are clearly uh, clearly have never done much internal work. And they're clearly spite people, spiteful people, angry people, mean, nasty people that uh, that totally, totally misrepresent uh, what what they claim their faith is. And that's a that is a real uh, a real disservice because there is a lot of really good things uh, in in Christianity, frankly, and and in the example of Jesus Christ and these people are making a joke out of that and it's fucked up. Yeah. No, I, well, first of all, my wife is, uh, I went on that rant. I just, I forget that we're not, everyone's inside baseball saying that because uh, I think both henchmen and his husband are both like pastors. I like they so. both wear the robes. Yeah. So that's why I went on that little rant. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. Well, well, but that's why we're libertarians, right? Cause we hate the whole, well, rules for me and not for thee, or, you know, that type of shit where it's like, or you're hiding under a veil type of thing. So kind of literally and physically yeah. <laughs> within their situation where you're like, wait, but you're representing yourself one way, but you're clearly doing, and I feel like any guys who think like us, like anti-authoritarian type figures, like, no, 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 you don't, have, you, can't, you don't have to do that. You have to say who you are. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, I am who I am. Like we all know who I am. Like, you know, it's like truth. The easy way to put it is truth. Ha truth has to be at the top of the value hierarchy. Right. And if you don't have that, you're probably going to be oriented in a, in a not best uh, direction. No, for sure. Um, 
now with this vote though, I mean Molman's now the new he took over his chair. He is acting chair. Right. Um and he doesn't he seems to be pretty legit. Ken is a good friend of yeah. mine. Um I, I've I've been talking with Ken pretty frequently for about a year now. Um and uh yeah, he's a good guy, man. And and Ken's a really important person to watch in all of this thing because yeah, he's a friend of mine and he's supportive of what we're doing, but it's not because he's a Mises caucus guy. He's not. He's not, right. Yeah. Um he's he is one of these guys that's been around for a while. Um and he doesn't care about caucuses, he doesn't care about the infighting, he doesn't care about who's chair and all this stuff. Like he just wants the party to grow and he wants to see good shit get done. And there is a lot of people like that. Yeah. A lot of them. And and uh, he falls on our side because he sees that we are growing the party. We are funding candidates. We are recruiting people into these committees and into these leadership positions. And they are focused on recruiting. And we are growing uh, county parties. And we're creating new county parties. We're really taking the uh, bottom-up approach seriously. And they see that. And... Um, and and so that puts them naturally on our side, even though they're not Mises Caucus people per se. So it just kind of speaks to what we were just talking about with telling the truth, where if you're on the right side, people will come your way, even if they're not joining you, if you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. Uh, no, I mean, I like what, what he did with this. Uh, he shut down kind of he shut down the bullshit a little bit, at least with uh, he's like, hey, you don't get a vote anymore. Like uh, Henchman doesn't get a vote. And if you whoever, whoever, whoever resigned. Who was on the board now doesn't get a vote now. Right. Yeah. He well, he found the the motion to suspend her out of order. Right. And uh for a bunch of technical uh Robert's rules reasons that that I'm not prepared to uh get too deep into because <laughs> it's not my thing. But um but uh yeah, he found it out of order and then within the hour, Richard Longstreth, who you gotta you gotta realize that he was he is very good friends with henchmen, um, personally, and has been for years. So it would certainly look like he's has a personal vendetta against Karen Ann. And he, so within the hour of that motion being ruled out of order, he put forward another motion to suspend. Yeah. And the good news in all of this is it, it certainly feels to me that every day that goes by, the temperature on the situation is starting to come down. You know, New Hampshire has their shit back. Yeah. You know, that's all restored. Um, there's all been this wave of resignations. And really, I think that side of things, if that's what you want to call it, basically has to try to get Karen in because they've done nothing but lose in this situation. They've got no gains at all. And, and we've made massive gains. I mean, we were, we're down, we're down to, uh, we're down some loser brigaders on the LNC. We're up one yeah, Mises yeah. caucus person on the LNC. Uh, we haven't suffered any losses. And then on top of that, what this has done, and this is the really important thing is, that middle that we were just talking about, that that people who been here a long time, they sign, they they do the petition drives and all this shit. These loser brigade types or these these bad actors, whatever you want to call them, the middle and those people have basically been in the same voting block for quite some time. Like the and and because there hasn't ever been an an effort like ours against these bad actors, so there hasn't been really any reason for anyone to kind of jump out of line. So I think that middle has been hesitant to look at the bad actors in their midst because they all benefit from being in the same voting block together. Now what has happened is this situation has made the really spiteful people, the really angry people, the people that you described earlier as um, they're more concerned about their positions and the control of the party than they are the spread of liberty. It's really made those people take the masks off because that's the only way that 
only somebody who is that way would say, yeah, don't give the data back. Yeah, right. disaffiliate the duly elected uh, state party. And I think the mask has come off and that reasonable middle has seen that for the first time and went, holy shit. You know, like, th this is dark. Right. <laughs> you you know, know, it's not the guys who they say are racist and, and Nazis. It's, oh, it actually is those guys. Right. It's, yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's a reveal. Yep. And, uh, and, and on the way out, what's so funny is on the way out. So this party has been around for 50 years and we have like 250 uh, elected libertarians around the country, 40 something of which are here in our state. Um, and so after 50 years, you would think we would be a little bit further along yeah. than that. And yet when Henchman uh, resigned and when Francis went resigned, I've never even talked to this guy. Uh, both of them, you know, said, oh, you know, the Mises caucus is destroyers and they're they're Nazis and bigots and they're this dark force on the LP. And if they win, I can't I can't be involved. They didn't mention anything about what happened. They right. didn't give any evidence. They right. just blamed everything on us to throw some red meat to their loser base. And they look like crybabies on the way out, if you ask me. Agreed. Of course I agree. But the other thing is, it, it always comes back to like, okay, we're so bad. Then prove us wrong. Right. It, but they can't. They, they literally can't out-recruit us. They can't out-message us. They can't out-debate us. They can't do anything. Here's the thing. They know that. I know they know they that. Know that. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, yeah. and, and, but they'll never admit it because that they then they would have to humble themselves and they would have to... You know, start asking some introspective questions that might give them answers about themselves that they don't want to hear. You know, it, it's fun to throw Sarwark's uh, own stupid quote back at him. You know, the party is those of those that show up. Or yeah. the fuck, it's like, yeah, it is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it it's is. Us. It really well. It's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be. Right. But no one's ever showed up. Right. You know, there's been a long. This isn't the, the party being in this state of things isn't new. Like this is this has actually been been the case for quite some time, years and years. There's just never been an effort like what we're doing to say, no, 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 it doesn't matter what you do to us. It doesn't matter how you lie. It doesn't matter. Like you are finished here. You're done. Done. And, and, and we are sticking around and that's that. And that's never happened before. And they clearly don't know what to do. And they clearly don't have any competitive spirit because that's the case I've always made is like, look, if you really think that we're that bad, then, and you got all the answers, then, then beat us. You should be able to recruit better than us. And, and, and if we have a friendly competition, then we'll grow the party up together, regardless of who wins. And wouldn't that be great? And then basically I throw that proposal out and the response is something like, well, you know, you're a transphobe. Right. Um, it's like, excuse me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and yeah, so there's just no, there's no competitive spirit. And these people are so spiteful that they'll burn the party down rather than lose. And that's that to me is the the peak proof that it is about the control and the positions. And that's also such like a leftist fucking tactic too. Like the whole like we're talking about like again like liberty or electing people and they're like you're racist. You're like what the fuck? We're never talking about anything to do with race right now. Like it's they just throw it out. Um again for the for the state board meeting um when uh Mark Bazzacco nominated Jacob Winograd for the social media committee. And I forgot those two people who try to say no to him, and one and one of the reasonings were oh because they platformed Jeremy Kaufman. Yeah, and then pathetic. I said that's leftist propaganda talk, prop platforming people yeah. nonsense. And and I, yeah. I I didn't get to talk on that, but my response was going to be like, you guys are you guys are such hypocrites. Like if me if we as libertarians can't have difficult conversations amongst ourselves or with controversial people and and try to find where we can work with people or even humanizing people that we don't agree with oh my god um 
if we can't do that amongst ourselves, then you have no reason to expect for anybody in mainstream political thought exactly. to have tough conversations with you. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of introspect. There is a serious lack of introspection and a serious, uh, um, I don't know, ego driven mania. Like there's a lot of people who really think that they're a lot cooler than they are and that they're a lot more accomplished than they are and, and, and a lot more effective than they are. Um, and they, they derive their social status from these little pats on the backs. Like, oh, you did a trash cleanup. Oh, we're getting liberty in our <laughs> lifetime, you know, right. like, and, and yeah, all yeah, this yeah. shit where it's like, nah, like that it, it's, it's partly that it's partly. And I, I think I've, I've talked about this a lot, but I think we've gotten our asses kicked so bad for so long that we forget the nature of what we're doing here. Um, and, and what I mean by that is. It's going to get crazy if libertarians ever get successful. It will be. <laughs> You're right. And I don't think people have ever really thought that through. Like, are you ready for, for threats against your family? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think people have ever really thought that through. Are right. you ready for a briefcase with like a million dollars in it saying, get the fuck out of here? Right. Like, and, and I don't think people have ever thought that through because if we ever do get successful, think about all of the, the ingrained interests that we would threaten if we ever became successful in any all the manner. money all the power all the big all business, the institutions all the institutions dude yeah and and that would all be threatened and and this is a, a michael rupert quote from back in the day but like yeah you got the democrats and the republicans and you got the wokesters and the conservatives and and all this different shit but it's like a it's his quote was like that it's all a big crap game like a mafia crap game mm -hmm. where you know Something might happen, and one of the mobsters might get up and shoot one of the other mobsters every once in a while. But if the if if the feds ever threaten the game itself, right? They 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 all unite, unite, and right. protect the game. It's the same thing, up you know, with politics. It's exact. No, dude, it's exactly that. It's like, well, I guess it's 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 like it's like when you and your boys are busting balls, and like a third party says something like, "You don't get to say that." Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's that. It's that. Right, that, that's in the comic world kind of type of thing, right? If you want to compare it to like comedian shit, so like you know, Neil sitting off to my right over here, like me and him could trash each other all day. But if a comic we don't know walks over to us and tries them, like, yeah, Yo, you want to get fucked up right now? <laughs> like, we don't know you. It's because we're comics. It doesn't mean you get to fucking talk your run your mouth. We don't know you. Same thing. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same fucking. But, but thing. The, the king of the ant hill is the reward for these people because we've been beaten down so bad about actually achieving liberty. Yeah, you know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, no, for sure. So uh, I do want to. We we covered we talked a lot of stuff in there. I want to hit up real quick. So real quick, just to finish off this uh, Karen Ann vote, do you think she's going to be fine, or you think she's? I, I do. I do think okay. she's going to be fine. Now, I mean, I, I I don't know. I'll tell you that I don't know. Yeah, no, but sure. um, I'm just your thought. Like you think. You're... So well, if Henchman's vote doesn't count, we are. So that's one with him out. That's one less vote total that's on there. It went too, right? Well, went was a regional representative, so his alternate comes up just the same way that when uh tucker coburn resigned his alternate rich bowen came up there's okay. no alternates to the chair right, right that's right. called the vice chair right right, right um right. <laughs> yeah right. and and um, right. um so so yeah so they're down one vote total gotcha. so they're down one yes vote and then we're up one, one no, no vote. vote okay so and then not only that but like increasingly it, it it's it just doesn't feel like the energy is there like the will to do it as much because I know they've gotten like a thousand emails, like ninety percent or more of which are in support of Karen Ann. Everybody on social media is in support of Karen Ann. Oh yeah, and and increasingly Richard Longstreth, who is the 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 jerk that keeps putting up the motion, uh, increasingly I, 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 he looks spiteful and yeah. and and petty in all of this. 
So I just don't think it's it's going to go his he, way. He, he's another one of those uh, loosely say this word man that uh, <laughs> one of these men that he yelled at Karen Ann on that meeting. Oh yeah, screeched, screamed at her. I'm like, she's a woman and an older woman. You and she was also trying to help you with more time so you could speak more and you yelled at her it's like this bitch at you know it's like this weak bitch attitude that most of those people have that on permeates that side. the culture of the libertarian it, it, generally it does it does and I, I wanted to i wanted to fucking be like you know what hey i challenge you to uh, mma uh exhibition mma fight at the national convention for for charity bam bitch <laughs> <laughs> calling you out right now long stretch you fucking loser like, I, I hate that shit it's like it's like yeah. you're fucking it's like you what you're gonna bully a, a woman online wow you're fucking like you would never these people again i've said this a hundred times in the show already but every chance they fucking get to say this shit to our face and anytime they can they don't and then if they do the minute we go what are you fucking saying they go whoa you're breaking the nap <laughs> yeah it's like you it's like the, it's the equivalent of a little brother just constantly throwing body shots at you. And you're like, hey, man, stop. Hey, man, stop. Hey, man, stop. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Elbow. And you're like, mom. I was the little brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then he runs to the mom. He's like, hey, you know, so-and-so beat me up. And you're like, well, he fucking been hitting me yeah. for 42 minutes. And I just retaliated. Right. And this is all part of, in my opinion, this is all part of the, um, the cultural decay that comes with making the party more overtly political. Because what is politics? It's it's a popularity contest. It's it's a regression to the mean. It's not about telling the truth. It's about alienating the least number of people and playing it the safest and all of that kind of shit. And uh, and and rewarding your friends who help you get to where you are. That's what politics is. So I, I think all of this stuff and that's why it's so soft, because, you know, the party doesn't want to offend the New York Times. They don't want to offend mainstream sensibilities. I mean, God forbid if we get a, a hit piece put out about us because Fox News said we put out some offensive tweets you know, like that's my point. That's why the when Kaufman was saying all that shit from the New Hampshire Twitter account, it's like, what they get ten million impressions in like a week. You know, somebody was uh, there's and I and I know even some of our people don't agree with the tweets that he put. Yeah, I know the tweets. Well, look, the uh, fr frankly, the tweets that he put on the New Hampshire account, there's nothing wrong with any of that shit. I agree. Um, he did put some crazy shit on his 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 personal account, but I'm not talking about those. I'm talking well, about purely well, the purely the ones. But, ones. Here, but here's the thing, he might have the drop on everybody on strategy because like. I mean, look at what we just described, all the grievous losses that the opposition is going through and the, you know, the revealing of their nature and all this shit. Why did this happen? Because of a couple of tweets that this guy trolled them with and they, they went yeah. full like they went full like TDS. Which, Mike, it's a great point because it's like these these fucks gave more care about a tweet and memes than they have about lockdowns masks, vaccines, business closures, anything less a year and a fucking half. These people are hypocrites and not libertarians. They're fucking not and there's, who we are. And in the midst of this fight, there was a very major, major story that went under the radar because of this fight, which is that the, the Biden administration is now like looking into anti-government groups. Saw that. So we've got to start watching our, like seriously, everybody listen, yeah. we have to start watching our backs for like somebody who's trying to sell you illegal guns or or any kind of crazy shit that that will implicate you or drag you into something that is seriously illegal which shouldn't have to say this guys but if anyone's offering you illegal guns probably don't buy it <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying it's probably just saying but but that's recommended. But, but they are openly saying that they're going to infiltrate yeah and 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 what's funny about it is this started with the whole john brennan yeah, thing I was on say that yeah yep. it started with the whole john brennan thing on i forget if it was it was it couldn't have been fox um no, i think it was like cnn or msnbc yeah one yeah. of those one of those propaganda centers and and um 
you know, they, they keep trying to do this thing where they're blending bigots, racists, and anti-government. Only racists and bigots and, and transphobes are, you know. Right. It, it's it's so funny. It's like, uh, yeah, because and that's how they, they try to trick you, right? It's like, well, how about the times government oppressed all of the minorities in this country? So they'd probably be upset about the government, anti-government too, right? So you're telling me they're also racist and So everyone's racist and bigots. Everybody. Because the government did something bad to them at one point. That means we can't oppose that. Like, I don't. It's it's really beginning that's like the nineteen eighty four Orwellian shit. Double speak, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you know you you can't even say bad things about the government anymore. It's like isn't that the first amendment? That's the first one, right? Out of all the amendments, that's yes. one. <laughs> it's the first one. Yeah. Okay, I'm just double checking. And now they're literally trying to be like you can't. If you th- if you think like that, we're gonna investigate you like a criminal. Yeah, but and it's also been going on for a long time. People, I remember. Uh, there was something called the Mayak reports back when Ron Paul was running and federal agencies were giving these reports to uh, law enforcement agencies and basically saying, you know, look out for people who pay in cash, uh, you know, look out for people with Chuck Baldwin and Ron Paul stickers and, and shit like this. Like it's been going on for a while, but um, yeah, I mean, we always know what, 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 what were libertarians always saying when the war on terror ramped up and, and we started eroding our liberties you know, like the Patriot Act right. and all of these things to to fight terrorism and identify terrorist suspects here. We always said it's going to be used at home. Of course. Like, and, and not, well, it was always used at home, but it, it was always going to be aimed at us. And and now that's really being embraced. And it's being embraced right as we're coming out of the lockdowns. And there are a peak number of people who lost their businesses, peak number of people who were in a more dependent type of situation or, or a compromised type right. of situation and who might be angry or who might have given up on looking for a job and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's scary, man. And that's that's a really important story that got glossed over. I'm dead serious. Like we need to we need to. We need to make sure people, nobody's acting like a Fed would act. As soon as Brennan said that months ago, a year, a year ago, whatever the hell it was, when he was like, uh, you know, yeah, we got to watch out for like. That's what got me banned from Facebook. He goes that the Ku Klux Klan, uh, the, uh, 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 he's like the Taliban, even libertarians. It's like, what do you mean? Even yeah. libertarians. <laughs> and I was I was banned from Facebook for making a comment on that. My, the comment that I had made was um, that, you know, John Brennan's right. We are really dangerous, you know, like we we promote self-governance. What's more dangerous than that in, in this current paradigm? You know, like, it, it, again, it, it threatens all of the different centers of power and the, and the propaganda that that um, propagates that power. And I was I was permanently banned from Facebook. Now, thank God I was able to get back on, but that wasn't supposed to happen. That's crazy. And that's the other thing, too, is like uh, which. I again, a certain brand libertarian over the course of the last year and a half, where they're like, "Well, businesses are allowed to, you know, make you wear masks." It's like, yeah, 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 but that's not what's happening. It's right. like what's happening is the government's forcing them to, which is crony. Which actually, that's fascism, but it's, right. it's crony capitalism at worst. I mean, at best, it's still not what we preach at all. It's right. it's not that. So people, so no, not that people, other libertarians were understanding that it's not. It's not like Target one day was like, you know what? We want masks in our store. We're like, okay, Target, weird. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was it was the government going like, everyone, you have to. We're gonna find you. We're gonna shut you down. We're gonna do this, this, this. So they're like, yeah, well, we want money. So wear a mask in our store, please, so we can operate. It's yeah. not what it was. Free, it's not what a free market. Yeah, is. it was dep- right. it was duress the whole time. And yeah, I mean, essentially, I think what's driving our growth 
is how apparent it's it is especially now that the party was before we came along the party was being has been captured by progressivism and and all of the component parts of progressivism and that's what's leading that mixed with like the moderation of like wanting to be accepted in dc and wanting to be accepted by the mainstream media and all of the the woke corporations and corporate press um that has again eroded the culture and and the big problem in the party is in my opinion is not even ideological there is some of that it's character though it's yeah. it's culture and character we have a very toxic very weak culture that's not ready to fight in any meaningful sense agree well larry sharps is the thing interesting to me and he said um if you noticed the libertarian party ran essentially two neocons against uh in what with johnson and well too in uh, Did you say that pretty i mean kind okay. of you know, okay I was gonna I'm, say. I'm saying neocons but he, he he said they ran two very far right as a, for libertarians against uh, Obama when Obama was running, right? Was it 16? No, um, 12. 12. And then... Uh, yeah, Bob Barr and Wayne Allen Root. Right. And then if you notice in 12, I mean, in the last one... 16. With Jorgensen and... Oh, 20, 20. No, 20. No, I'm sorry. Jorgensen was 20. Jorgensen Johnson was 20. Johnson, Johnson well was... Right. So the Jorgensen won then in um the past one. It was a lot more because Trump was a president in charge, which was a Republican president, that we put out a more left-leaning candidate. So his point was, whoever's in power, we seem to put out the opposite of that party side. The thing is, Jorgensen is not left. That's the thing. She's not left. It's just that her her campaign was taken over by the the establishment types in the Libertarian Party who have completely bought into woke. Either way. Yeah, and <laughs> it doesn't well, matter. Oh no, no, I hear you. The yeah. effect, the effect is yeah. the same, but but there's also a point there to be made that the candidate isn't enough. You have to have good people around them, um, because that's why I, I, so I think Malice trying to take over the goddamn Twitter would be great. Yeah, you take over the LP Twitter because it's weak. Mal- Malice for LP Twitter.com. <laughs> is that a real thing? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we got a petition up. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's again, it's like the messaging is so weak from the main, like. Our, like the LP Mises Caucus Twitter accounts better. Like the the, the other Mises Caucus Twitter accounts are better. Even some of the state caucus accounts are better. Yeah. Than the main one. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are so they're, they're they're so scared of having a hit piece written about them. But like once we uh, we took Kentucky, I think it was within like two weeks that they started getting a whole bunch of mainstream attention because they had made that post about like the vast the the vaccine passports and the and the the Star of David. Right. You know, and so they got a whole bunch of attention off that. And um, and then New Hampshire, they've gotten a bunch of press off of their tweets and all of that. And and the more politically oriented types are like, this is awful. I mean, this is bad press. Nuts. And and well, it, it, it is bad press in that they don't like us. But the, the, the concept of like the fact that they see that as a bad thing just proves that they have no clue what our relate like what the media is and what our relationship to the media is. Like no, yeah, these, no, these right. people really think that like, well, you know what, what we're going to do is we're going to run a real, a valid candidate. He's going to have a really good campaign. He's going to work really hard. And then they'll just write a press release. And if we write the press release just right, they'll love us and they'll give us attention because we're working so hard and we deserve it. You know, we're the third, we're the fastest growing third party. Blah, blah, blah. Like they, they think they actually think it's about these things as if the media isn't part of the control scheme. That That's what I was having a conversation with Steve Sheets about that after the Bucks meeting, I think. And I was like, Steve, but no one gives a shit about, like, you running. And I don't mean, like, Steve running in particular. I mean, No one gives a shit about Steve running. Sure. But I mean, but my point was, I, I didn't even mean him. I meant, like, no one gives a shit if, like, I'm a libertarian running for Senate. It's like, no one cares. Because yeah, they, they go, okay, 
you need the fucking message behind why you're running and not just why you're running, why it's important to vote for a libertarian running. And like they not they're not getting that. It just goes back to the what you said. No, we got to get them on the ballot. But that only gets you literally a third of the way. It's like it's like writing yeah. your name on a test. It's like, "Hey man, I did it. It's like you did it, it. And it's been a hamster wheel for 50 years. Well, we got to get ballot access. And then, you know, we got to put people on the ballot. We got to run candidates. And again, we've lost our way of what the purpose of all of this is. Like, yes, winning office is great. But how you get there matters more than getting there. Because we're not going to get there in any real sense without wider, again, social, cultural, ideological change. And to pierce through that is going to be ugly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be a fight. And I don't think, again, I think people have lost track, like lost sight of how much of what we're doing really is characterized by being a fight and what the implications of all of that are. Um, to move on, not to rehash our state convention, it's been, it's been over <laughs> a bit now, so it's, it is what it is. But we could talk about, again, the state meeting a little bit. Uh, uh, what'd you think? Any, no surprise, because, you know, we all heard a little rumblings of maybe a little some bullshit, but it didn't. And then even John Waldenberger gave Bucks County a very nice shout out, which I was surprised at. And I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a little, I don't know. Again, and, and it was theater. A, a weird vibe. I just felt a weird vibe in that meeting. Well, so I think the vibe, a couple of things. I think what you're getting at with the weird vibe is we are now trying to figure out like certain people who are well positioned are now at least pretending to be nice to us. And 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 at least pretending to want us involved. Um, now we're obligated to call their bluff, so to speak, and try to meet them in the middle. And you know, there was just a bunch of people who were nominated onto committees, and that actually happened. And you know, to Jen's credit, she upheld her end of the bargain. She mm -hmm. she didn't obstruct. You know, she she did that, and she did that in front of everybody. Yeah, she did. Um, so I'll be frank; I don't trust her, but I do think that she. There was 140 of us that were locked out of that convention, dude. She knows where know. the energy is. She knows where the people are being recruited. She knows who the active people are. She knows that she needs our help to help take the party to the next level if she's serious about that, which, you know, to her credit, I think she is. I think we have different strategic visions, um, but I do think she's serious about growing the party and uh, and helping the party. So she has already put set that precedent of, we have a seat at the table. So what's going to what's going to follow from that is she is setting that precedent and then the people who are more hateful they're going to have to be the ones to say Jen, what are you doing? Or or like what happened on that meeting. Oh, well you talked to Jeremy Kaufman, so, you know, I don't know if if we can trust you. Meanwhile, everyone that knows the guy personally was like, right. "No, no, he's a good person. The fuck. Shut up." Yeah. Right, yeah. And it didn't work out. And then those people looked like jerks. And then I wasn't there for the after meeting, but like you, you you texted me you're like what's going on you're like oh no what's going on <laughs> yeah there's apparently there was some uh shouting matches going on well yeah apparently yeah. drew drew Bingaman uh was screaming at people again just like he was screaming at people at the convention you know and and um people see that and and so i think what we've got to do now and is um we've got to take what we can get and if they're willing to to to, to play ball with us then let's play ball and let's work with them you know i mean i've told jen to her face recently like I don't trust you. And I think you're a liar. Yeah. Like, yeah. but, um, yeah, but I also said like, we've got no choice. I've got no choice, but to work with you. So I'll do that. I'm not going to lie to anybody and, and have delusions. Now I'm open to being wrong, 
but um we should work together and and Agreed. and and i and just for any anybody that listens to this i don't speak for everybody not everybody is quite as uh hardcore on these things as i am there's a lot of people who who you know they're not as uh skeptical let's no, say we have disagreement that's for the other thing too people think like we don't have disagreements within our own selves like no we do yeah i'm but- the i'm the grizzled jaded veteran you know what i mean like I'm the one who's been stabbed in the back like eight times. Yeah, now. yeah, you have like a rookie copy and like, you know, like... <laughs> I'm going to change this city. I'm going to change you like you can't. <laughs> I have bullet holes in me. I tried. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, no, but like yeah, we have our own... Not, but that's the thing is like, at least I would say the guys and gals, the MC, we're really good at like, just like talking our shit out if we have disagreements yeah. as opposed to, I guarantee they don't. I guarantee they go yell at each other too because that's who they are. Yeah. They're not nice people. Like They're, they're not happy. They're people. not happy. They, they, yeah. They're not, Listen, I hate to fucking just uh, parrot Michael Malice, but he said it the best, man. He's like, low-status people, the little bit of achievements, they just hold on to forever. Yeah. They have nothing else going on for them. But there is there is something in that that's a little... Democracy is a virtue to these people hmm. when it's not a virtue in reality. Right. Like, and right. But they actually derive their, their value from it. It's like, I got a room of 12 people to vote for me. You know what I mean? Like, and that means yeah. I'm good and competent right. and, and trustworthy and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm the big man on, on, on campus now. Like they actually think there's virtue in, in the voting process when it, no, nah, that has it, nothing to do with competence. That's not how that, that's not how a meritocracy generally works is by vote. Right. It, yeah. it, it's, it's the same thing when they're like, uh, Hey, racism, bigotry is bad. And I'm like, yeah, we know <laughs> you don't have to fucking say it every two, like on a post on your Facebook. Like we, it's not the big problem in the country. That, the, right. The, the big race problem in the country is the fucking race to the bottom that we're, we're all <laughs> yeah, on yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Like that's money. That's the other thing too. I go, Hey guys, they want you to fight over bullshit. It's socioeconomic. It's rich versus poor. And guess what? We ain't rich. Sorry. Yeah. So it's, they are, <laughs> yeah. they're going to keep getting rich again. Uh, American workers, this is, I found this amazing. Not, not really. I'm being facetious. American workers lost three trillion dollars over over the uh, last pandemic, year and a half, and Amazon gained three trillion dollars. Yep, makes sense. So, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest. <laughs> it, it's got to be actual perfect. It's got to be the biggest or, or one of, if not the biggest, transfers of wealth yeah. from the the poor and the middle class to to the the wealthy and yeah. politically connected. Yep, and that's that's the thing. It's like we're saying this message. And people be like, no, it's like no to what? Me wanting you to like not have your have your money well, and see this fucking. Hang on, I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree that people are saying no because it, and this is again this this gets us right back into the um the battle for the party because I see people s- n- saying no to what the party has been given for for the past five years, ten years, whatever. I see people saying no to that, but when I see Dave Smith go on Tim Pool, I see the comments being like. Yeah, this guy gets it. And then I see Tim Pool saying, yeah, I'd vote for him. Right. You know, it's okay. a huge audience, millions. True. I, and then I see him going on Joe Rogan and Joe right. Rogan all but saying, I'd support your campaign. Yeah. And going on Ruben and and saying, yeah, let's, I'd support your run. Let's do it. Like, th- there's a lot of people that, that are receptive to what we have to say. The party has just regressed massive. Like, in the 70s, Rothbard and all the intellectual luminaries of the movement were involved in the party, and they had something to say, and they had input, and then blah, 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 blah. That's all gone now. You know what I mean? Like, that's the big struggle that we're doing right. is to try to get those intellectual luminaries and back connected with the party and bring the movement back into the party. So, yeah, I, I think it's just another little uh, chip in the whole, we have to change the party. Like, 
it can be done. People do are receptive to it, but you gotta you gotta be know how to talk to people. And it seems to me that people want something more like an everyman that they can that is smart, but but not overly academic, and that they can connect with or even laugh at. And and I think that's kind of what they got from Trump. I'm not saying I agree with Trump's policies, but a lot of these things are more psychological and emotional than they are fact factual and analytical. You know, people connected with Trump because like what he had to say or not, he was being real. He was saying what he thought, you right. know what I mean? And that right. kind of shit. And and that's what connected to people. Trump, I mean, I personally think Trump Trump is a war criminal in Yemen, but I would Same. also tell you that that the fucking guy had me cracking up every time oh, I saw him on TV. Hey, listen, well, every comic in this room, even though we're the only two who agree politically, every comic in this room or any comic, if they're being honest, would be like, no, Trump is hilarious. Like, it's just objectively funny. Like, yeah. we, we, Neil and I talked about that before. Like, we've... I think Jesse, we've talked about before. Like, yeah, like he's I, politics aside. If you're a comic and you're being honest, he's funny, and laughter is endearing. I don't give a shit what you say. Yeah, I agree. He's a war criminal in Yemen. He didn't pull the troops out. Fuck him. But <laughs> funniest president we've ever had for sure. <laughs> for sure, there's yeah. no way he wasn't, and no way he will be. Uh, probably a long time from now either. Like, yeah. there's no way unless Dave becomes president. You know, that's it. Like, there's no way. Like, he was a little, but but that you're right. It's endearing and it draws people to fuck it. It it does draw. It, I'll watch the interview sometimes. But like, huh. I'm like, wait a minute. The, the troops are still in there. <laughs> it's like I you still forget about all that. I, shit, I you know? still think that. I mean, this was during the 16 campaign, but uh, he did that roast at with some. It was some like Catholic Church event, and him and and Hillary Clinton yeah, roasted right. each other. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in politics. Yes. Like, Hillary Clinton is here pretending not to hate Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it is funny. It, it is funny. It's very fucking objectively funny. What's up? I think it's the breakfast prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, the breakfast prayer. Yeah. I think it's the breakfast, yeah, the breakfast prayer. prayer. That's what it's called. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's objectively, like, again, like, Shane Gillis has that bit. I don't know if you ever saw that bit by Shane. Uh, but you know, he talks about he's like he's like yeah, I do stand up in New York. He's like there's a lot of liberal comics and like he, he, President Trump's literally the worst person person ever. He's like you're lucky he's not next. He'd bury you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he's funnier than most comics. Like it just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all Shane Gillis' whole premise, you know. Um, but all right, we gotta wrap it up. So Michael Heiss, where where does the LPMC go from here? Where do you think we'll be in the next two years? Where we'll be in 2022, 2024? You know, your summary. Well, basically, where, where we go from here is we've already got the proof of concept. We've already got the strategy and uh, we've already got resources. So it's all about just scaling up what we already do, which I guess I, I haven't gotten into what we actually do here. But so like to, to put it quickly is we we focus on local level races and we focus on issue coalitions and, and essentially decentralization through nullification. So, you know, a good way to think about this is uh Probably the most well-known decentralization slash nullification effort that's happened recently in the country is weed. You know, like, so like with Pennsylvania, you've got decriminalization in Philly, you've got it in Pittsburgh, State College, Lancaster, Norristown, and, and, and a whole bunch of other towns and cities. That's essentially the town at the town level telling the state and the feds, go fuck yourself. Right. Um, the states can do that to the feds. And, and the towns can do that to the state and the feds. That's how it should be. Right. Well, right. that's that's what it was founded on. You know, this is something people forget how powerful the 10th Amendment is because we've, yes. we've gone out of the bounds of Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution so bad. But how it was how it's supposed to be is that Article 1, Section 8 outlines the things that the federal government 
can stick its fingers in and the the 10th amendment basically seals the deal and says everything that's not in article one section eight anything that is not in there is for the states and the people right which which during this whole lockdown thing that's why how come we couldn't just literally overthrow the governor and be like you're out 10th amendment well, this this gets into some of the ideas. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much because you know we got a chair candidate, but basically yeah. I, we've got some we've got some cool ideas. They're radical ideas, but we got some cool ideas on on some membership drive stuff. Okay. So like, imagine imagine if the Na- National Libertarian Party issued a formal redress of grievances against the federal government that was well sort like well cited within the the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, uh, and was comprehensive in a way that that the average person would get understand get with right yeah and that you basically use something like that as a membership drive because i think there's a lot of people who said yeah i i, I am fed up with the with the feds regard and and you get them to sign up with that so that's one or another one is i think you could do a member a similar membership drive with um just the idea of do you even consent to this government hmm you know, like when's the last time we had like a, a, a plebiscite on where exactly the consent of the governed is because that's supposed to be a core core feature of all of this it's just assumed that that we all consent but i don't think most people well one i don't think most people have thought about it that way and and two but once that comes to the surface who knows what their answer will be i can tell you every libertarian feels that way I can tell you probably half or more of the republicans probably feel that way uh half or more of the democrats felt that way up until like you know the election <laughs> so oh, yeah. Yeah. so um I think there's a lot of potential there and and that's the kind of, but that's, that's radical. Like, you know what I mean? And that's, that's where it starts to get scary. Imagine if the libertarian, well, for, for soft people anyway, but cause I'm imagine that, imagine if the libertarian party actually put out, like we're putting essentially restarted the process that the, that the founder started. We have a formal redress of grievances. You are fucking up here, 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 here. You are out of step with the constitution there, there, there. This is not acceptable. Please, you know what I mean? Like sign this to say that we don't, we don't, we won't comply with this anymore. Right. Now you're taking a real stand. It's not just rhetorical or rhetorically screaming your abstract principles into the air. Now you're actually galvanizing people. You know what I mean? Into something coherent. That is going to be a little bit different. But anyway, yeah, local level, what we focus on and what we want to scale up is the recruiting, continue to bring the Ron Paul revolution and the liberty movement into the party focusing on local level elections where we can and do win, use that to nullify as much as we can. That's not in article one, section eight, um, work with other groups, you know, like you got decriminalized nature. That's the psychedelic decriminalization yeah. movement. You got gun owners of America and firearms policy, uh, coalition or Alliance or whatever. Uh, I think it's yeah. FPC. Um, you've got all these different groups, you know, and you've got all these different examples of legislation. I didn't pull it out yet, but like New York city, for example, a couple months ago, at a city council meeting, they ended qualified immunity for the city. Well, that's technically a local level move. So all, all anyone has to do is go into the minutes of that meeting, pull that pull that language out, and now you've got a template for ending qualified immunity at the local level anywhere in the country. Right. You know, so I, I really think the big thing that I think the party needs to change is we need to take campaigning around issues just as serious, maybe even more serious than than candidates because... I have knocked I don't know how many doors to help X number of candidates get on the ballot, support them. And some of them had really good showings, but none of them won. No, I can't. I don't think any campaign that I personally have worked for has won. 
I went to two city council meetings and decriminalized weed in my town. Yeah. You know, like I, people are more sympathetic with the issues. And I also think that there's a feedback loop there where like, if we, when I went to city council and I told him I'm a member of the libertarian party, I watched them roll their eyes at me. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Clown. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 um, but then I actually got it done and they don't, they're not going to do that now. Right. The more that we actually get something done that's tangible, and especially if it's popular, like weed is not an unpopular. Right. So now you're gaining trust and, and it's these abstract things like trust that are really the key to all of this. Trust is what holds society together, you know, and we don't, and, and it's, it's, we take it for granted that we don't even think about it. Like these deranged leftists, you share the road with them in little pilotable missiles. You have faith, you have faith that they're yeah. not that crazy. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's all based on trust. So the more that we can increase trust in, in our brand, we'll increase trust in our ideas. And that's how, if we're going to siphon anybody off that's already left or already right or already politically active, um, that's how you're going to do it, by taking an issue that they care about and making it real. No, for sure. I totally agree. Uh, all right, man. I think we covered a lot <laughs> in this fucking... We went definitely over an hour. That was awesome. Uh, Michael Heiss, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, any websites, obviously, a lot of the Mises stuff is out there, but uh, just rally it all off so people could write it down and go look cool, it up. Man. Yeah, just uh, search me on Facebook or Twitter. I don't really use the Twitter, though. Um, oh, yeah, follow me on Twitter, too, by the way. I could do that. It's so annoying. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> I don't I actually, care. I think, I'd be, I think I'd be less happy if I used Twitter. It's not the point. It's principle. Follow me on Twitter. Follow you, <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> but, Unre uh, unbelievable. Got uh, it. But yeah, Facebook and Twitter, the search for the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus. Join our group. Uh, or the LP Mises Caucus on Twitter and uh, takehumanaction.com. You can sign up for our email list there. If you do that, um, your information will also get routed to our organizers. So we will get you looped into the party and what we're doing. And uh, while you're at takehumanaction.com, if you want, you can also give a donation to Mises PAC, which is what we use to fund candidates, to put on events, to help delegates at the national convention and do all the things that we talked about throughout this conversation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my parents are official Mises members now as of last week. Nice. They, uh, they're still in New York, but they're moving out to PA probably in the next year. Get them to the convention. Oh, they're, they're coming. They're coming. They're, they're, have I, they been have they been made aware that they might be classified as angry white people? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I, I they know. They, 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 they know everything. They're angry. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they get it. They get it. They are angry white people, actually. Actually, they're right. They actually, it's not an incorrect classification, dude. It's actually an accurate classification. We are angry white people. <laughs> Jesse's an angry improving man. Everybody's angry in this fucking room. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Uh, you can catch me at Adam Nutter on all the social media stuff. Um, of course, check out the other great podcasts on this network, droptent.com. Check out my comedy podcast I do with Neil Wood, Cult of Us, wearing the shirt. Uh, what else? What else? Please, uh, you yeah. said that one website way too fast. Droptent.com. There you go. Yeah, droptent.com. Droptent.com. Go to that. Uh, of course, subscribe to this YouTube uh, page. Like, subscribe, uh, leave a rate and review, all that great shit. Again, Mr. Heist, thanks for coming on. Next week, I'm supposed to have on Mark Claire, so he should be. He canceled today. He was supposed to be here. He's supposed to be next week. Yes, he's a slacker. Fucking switch spots. Pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, thanks for filling in last minute, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG, at Adam Nutter, or Facebook and TikTok, at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com.
Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.